Greetings and welcome to another in our ongoing series of Shurim on Daf Yomi. We are now in Nidarim, Daf Yod Dalad Amud Bet, in the second half of the first Mishnah of the second Perak. Uh, the topic that we're going to be dealing with in this short piece is taking a ned there about something which is intangible. Konam Sha'ani Yashen, if you declare sleeping as something tantamount to a korban, Sha'ani Medaber, or speaking, Sha'ani Mahalech, or walking, or a man says to his wife, a Corbin about uh, refusing to have relations with her and defining it as equal to a Corbin, they're all valid, and if you violate them, then you are culpable, which means the minute you go to sleep, or the minute you speak, or whatever the thing may be, you are you know, violated. Now this is very strange, because of course, as we studied recently, uh, one of the significant differences between a neder and a shua is that a neder only applies to things which are tangible and apply to the object, and a shvua uh, can apply to things which are intangible. And of course, sleeping, speaking, walking uh, are all things that are intangibles. Now, itmar, so let's see an expansion on this. Konam hayom imishan and this is one of the common complicated uh, or complex topics that we deal with in the Darim is when a nether is made on a condition and the condition, the time for the condition is after the time of the nether, which means, in this case, I am taking a, a nether uh, on my eyes for sleep, which solves the first problem we dealt with. It now is attached to a tangible a nai. This is parallel to what we saw at the end of the first parak. We talked about konam pi medaberimach. Here it's konam enai b'shenai hayom imishan lemachar. So I'm making sleeping today uh, subject to a neder on condition that I sleep tomorrow. Which means that if I sleep today but don't sleep tomorrow, then the condition wasn't attained, and therefore my sleeping today is retroactively fine. If, on the other hand, I don't sleep today, then I could do whatever I want tomorrow, it's not going to change anything. Now, what do you do today? So Rav Yehuda says, you can't sleep today, because if you sleep today, then next tomorrow, which is not the day of the Easter, but the day of the condition, you may sleep, and then retroactively, you'll have violated today. Nachman says, you could sleep today, we're not concerned that you'll sleep tomorrow, because you'll be very careful, knowing that sleeping the next day will retroactively trigger your chiyuv, and therefore it's okay. Rav Yehuda agrees, if you flip it, and have the condition be first, and then the neder be tomorrow, that you're allowed to sleep tomorrow today, because what is Rav Yehuda's thinking? A person is not careful during the time of the tonight. But a person is careful when it's the actual Easter. So if you said, I'm not going to sleep tomorrow if I sleep today, then you could sleep today, thus setting yourself up for the possibility of violating the nether, but that violation is tomorrow, and tomorrow you'll be careful because you won't violate the nether. However, if it's flipped, then Rav Yudah says, you have to be careful not to sleep today, which is the day of the Isur, because you may sleep tomorrow, which is simply the Tanai, and that will retroactively kick it in. Rav Nachman says, not a problem, you'll be careful with that too. Now, Tanan, let's look at our Mishnah. etc. Hey, what's the case? If it's straight up, exactly the way that the Mishnah read, that you said a neder, I won't sleep, we have any just not a neder at all. 
V'yatanan chomer b'shvuot, the stringency of of a shvua over neder, shashvuot chalot al-davar sheish b'mash, v'al-davar she'en b'mamash. Shashvua applies to something tangible and intangible. Mash'en kem b'mdarim. V'shinah davar she'en b'mamashu, and sleep is something that's intangible. So that can't be the case. Our Mishnah cannot be a case where you took a ned there, I won't sleep. It had to be formulated differently. Ella da amar konam enai b'shena, that you put the ned there on your eyes for sleeping. My eyes are asur to sleep. Vidaliyahiv shiur, and let's say you just said it open-ended with no limitation. Mishav kinen layad davar yisur bal we don't let you remain in that state and you violate it. If you take an oath that you won't sleep for three days, which is impossible, we give him makot for violating and let him go to sleep right away. In other words, we give him a, a, a makot here, not for violating the shvua, but for a shvua chav, a, 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 a vain oath, because it's impossible to keep. And therefore, it should be the same thing with an open-ended neder against something like sleep, even if you formulated it correctly by putting it on your eyes. Must have been that the sleep was only for one day, and you made it conditional um, on sleeping today. So now, Ha'amart kol here, and you, we just said that everybody agrees that you're careful about the isur time, and so we said that if um, if you said I am. Uh, I, if I sleep today, then I'm prohibited tomorrow. But we said everybody agrees, even Rabbi Huda agree, Rabbi Huda agrees that you're careful about the Easter time, which would be tomorrow. So how could the Mishnah say that you violate Bal Yachel? Nobody would do that. It must have been that you did an inverted one where you said, I'm the Easter's today if I sleep tomorrow. And if you didn't sleep today, if we're going to follow Rav Yehuda, who says we don't let you sleep today, then there can never be a Bal Yachel tomorrow. And our Mishnah said you violate Bal Yachel. It must be that you actually did sleep today. Obviously it means we allow you to sleep today, which is to Yuftu to Rav Yehuda. So that disproves Rav Yehuda's position, who said that if you made a condition that uh, if I sleep tomorrow, then my sleep today is, uh, is Beneder, they said that we, the Rabbi Huda said, we don't allow you to sleep today because tomorrow you might have to be careful. But if that's the case, then this case in the, that we just quoted couldn't play out at all. There wouldn't be no Baliachel in our Mishnah. And therefore, uh, it must be that we allow you to sleep. And therefore, it's a disproof of Rabbi Huda. So what did Rabbi Huda answer? Kiktani de'inayim. Rabbi Huda says, no, what we're talking about a case is if you slept. We're not saying we allow you to sleep, because I think we don't allow you to sleep, but if indeed you slept, then the next day, if you sleep, it's Bal Yachel. That's the first approach. Ravina Amar, Leolam Kirikhtani, read our Mishnah straight up. Meaning, the person said, Konam Sha'ani Yashen. And that gives us a big problem, because of course such a thing is not really a neder. Omai Bal Yachel, so what's the Bal Yachel? Midrabanan. There's a rabbinic bal In other words, even though this is not a valid neder, and there's something we saw in the first half of this Mishnah, and yesterday in the previous podcast, in which we said that if you said, and Abayah's take on it was that that is a drabonan, because we don't want you to be light head, light about the darim. Good. So we challenge Ravina and said, since when is there a bal drabonan? The answer is in Vatanya Let's say that you have things that one that people consider to be Asr, even though they're really mutter. 
You're not allowed to treat them leniently in their presence, even though you know technically it's 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 uh, it's uh, permissible because they regard it as being asur, and that the source of that is So we see that Balyachel even applies to things which are part of uh, social um, protocol, which is certainly the Rabbanon. Good. So we see Balyachel the Rabbanon exists. Good, so we're still trying to solve the uh, position of Rav Yehuda and the machlokut between Rav Yehuda and Rav Nachman about what to do when the condition is tomorrow and the Easter is today. Do we allow you to violate the Easter knowing that you'll just make sure the condition isn't met tomorrow? Tznan. Sha'at Pesach. This is a Mishnah later on in Parak Zion. If you say to your wife, you are not allowed to get banah from me between now and Pesach, if you go anytime between now and Sukkot, Back to your father's house. So now, if she went before Pesach to her father's house, then she's not allowed to get Hanot till Pesach, because she already fulfilled the condition. The netter is now in full force. She's not allowed to get Hanot till Pesach. Pesach, but if she, uh, if, so we say if she went before Pesach, so obviously if she didn't go before Pesach, she's allowed to get Hanah. So in other words, we say, she can get Hanah before Pesach, even though after Pesach she may go to her father's house and retroactively make it happen. So it proves that we're not, we don't have that concern, and that proves that a, a person will be careful during the Tanai, like Rav Nachman. So that supports Rav Nachman. That's the difference. If she goes before Pesach and then gets Hanah, she gets Malkot. Lo halchav, she didn't go before Pesach, asura ba'alma. Then she's not allowed to get hanah, but that's an isur ba'alma. In other words, there still is a distinction between if she already went before Pesach and if she didn't yet go. We say, even if she didn't yet go, she still can't get hanah, because if she goes any time till Sukkot, then any hanah she got till Pesach will retroactively be made into an isur. Alright, Ema Seifa, but if that's the case, look at the rest of that Mishnah. If you flipped it, you said, achar Pesach v'val yachel dvaro. Right after Pesach, it's Balyachel. Balyachel. If you said that you're not going to let her get any Hanah, according to you, Asur Ba'alma, not to get any Hanah before Pesach, then how could she ever violate Balyachel? It must be that we allow her to get Hanah. In other words, your explanation, uh, Rabbi Abba's explanation is rejected. It must be that we do not allow her to get, we do allow her to get Hanah. Alma Mitani. So, uh, right, we allow her to get Hanah and, um, then, if she goes afterwards to her father's house, that Hanar is retroactively a violation. And again, we see that during the time of the of the ned there, we allow you to violate it, knowing that you'll be careful afterwards. And if indeed you aren't careful, then you really violated it. Again, Rav Yudah is disproven. So, Kiktani Itani, Rav will answer the same thing he just answered, which is saying that if she got Hanar, then there's a Baal if she goes to her father's house afterwards, but not saying that we allow her to get Hanah. So now we'll see the second half of that. Alright, so he says that the the Easter time is now extended beyond, and the condition is earlier. If she went before Pesach to her father's house, that's straight up, she can't get Hanah to Sukkot. And, of course, she's allowed to go to her father's house after Pesach because that doesn't affect it at all. So it's only if she went that she's Asura. So if she didn't go to her father's house, then she's, meaning that when they're still before Pesach and she hasn't gone to her father's house, she's still allowed to get Hanah during that time, 
even though if she does go before Pesach, then that Hanah will retroactively be a violation. So Rava gives the same answer Abba gave, which is that even if she didn't go before Pesach, she's still Asura, but the difference is if she went and she then she gets Hanah, then it's in the Eastern of with Malkot. If she didn't yet go, then we don't allow her to get Hanah. It's defending Rabbi Huda. But if she, but if she, uh, but if she gets Hanah, in the meantime, she doesn't get Malkot, um, until she goes to her father's house. Now, Meitave, we have a th- another challenge. This loaf of bread is also to me if I go to that place tomorrow. It's also to me today if I go to that place tomorrow. So, if you ate the bread today, then you're not allowed to go to the place. Uh, which is a mashma that we allow you to eat the bread, but then you can't go to the place against Rav Yehuda again. So, Miktani Ochel, no, the Mishnah doesn't say you're allowed to eat it. Achaltani said, if you ate it, once you ate it, then you can't go to the place. And if you ate it and then went, you violated Balyachel. So, Mahalechlo, right? So, you see that, it, that, um, meaning that the Mishnah just doesn't provide an opportunity for you to be able to go on the second day, which means that um, it must be that we allowed you to eat on the first day, right? In other words, it doesn't say mahalech because that would indicate that we kept you from eating on the first day, and therefore you're allowed to go the second day. Right, Rav Yehuda, the challenge is Rav Yehuda, who said that we do not allow you to eat on the first day. He said, really, the Mishnah should have said mahalech, you can go on the second day. It's simply parallel construction. Since in the Reisha it said, Achal, if you ate, which is the only way it'll play out. Therefore, in the second one, it says also in the past tense, Halach. Good. The end of the Mishnah said, You are in debt to her. You are, oh, you are obligated to uh, to have conjugal relations with your wife, how can you take a netter to violate it? That's something we dealt with recently in Tubot. The answer is, What you did was not to say, I am prohibiting Tashmish, but rather I'm pro- pro- forbidding myself, remove myself from getting the enjoyment of your Tashmish on me. She doesn't want it. He says, I'm going to forbid my Tashmish on you. If a woman says that to her husband, then we force her to have it. She's mishubatim. But But if she says to her husband, I'm not going to get any hana from you, you're tashvish, then asur. Then she can't get tashvish. We can't force her to take something that's asur to her. And the same thing here, that the way the husband had to formulate the neder was in such a way that he's prohibiting getting benefit from her tashvish on him. We'll pick up to, in the next podcast with the second mission in the parak at the end of Daf Tet Vav Amud Bet. Everyone should have a wonderful day.